What are we talking about? Right, right and wrong. Come on, man. What are we talking about? Right, right and wrong. Corn Pop was a bad dude. Whoa. Corn Pop was a bad dude. Whoa. Come on, man. What are we talking about? Right, right and wrong. Welcome to Right and Wrong, the show where we try to wake up the woke by talking common sense about the issues of the day. I'm your host, Brian Ruka. With me, as always, over there is my man, the Truth Box, producer Juice. I'm back at it. He's uh, the best producer east of the Mississippi. <laughs> he's working hard behind those scenes, and uh, he sets this show up for the success that we have, and he's doing a great job at it. So thank you, my man. Thanks. Keep up the good work. We got a great show for you today, so uh, why don't we go ahead and uh, work you guys into it? All right? We'll be uh, warning you about AB 2098, which is a bill that's being pushed through out there in California, where a doctor would be able to uh, have their medical license revoked for spreading misinformation regarding coronavirus, vaccines, and who rarely killed Pac and Biggie. Then we'll look at how the federal government is prioritizing illegal immigrants at the southern border and the citizens of Ukraine above the citizens of the United States of America. We'll also continue to bring you reaction from the left as their sacred religious right to an abortion is set to be an issue that's returning to the democratic will of the people. And in our come on, man, segment of the day, we'll go to a video from a few months back in which a bunch of Microsoft nerds try to take the gold in the woke jargon virtue signal Olympics. As much as it pains me to hold out on the shout-outs this week, I'm a guy who has to stay true to my word. You know what I mean, Juice? I got zero. Count them. Zero. Comments on YouTube, Rumble, or Locals. I told you guys that I'd proudly shout out your names for you, and all you had to do was give me a small, measly little comment on one of those platforms that we're trying so hard to grow over here. And you guys just left me, and you left the juice box over there hanging. Don't say sorry to me. You let down Frank, you let down me, you let down Max, most importantly. And right about now, I'm having a real hard time trying to figure out why I take time out of my schedule. I'm at the point where I'm starting to get roasted by my kids about this stuff. My son laughed at me for thinking I was all cool and happy that I have seven YouTube subscribers. <laughs> he told me that I'm being followed by my parents and my cousins. <laughs> Ouch. But that kid better be careful or I'll just sit back and let BPS convince him that he is, in fact, a girl or a zebra or even a cake. <laughs> we'll see how he likes it then and we'll see who gets the last laugh. All right. All right. All right. I'll leave the family drama at home and just move on to the important issues at hand. And you know why? Because it's showtime, baby. Woo! Showtime! Woo! Woo! All right, so I uh, I forgot to mention in my um, blind outrage there against you fine listeners that I never told you where to find me. You guys need to find me on YouTube, Locals, Rumble. You know to listen to me on Apple and on Spotify. Where else, Juice? Oh, yeah, Truth Social. We're on that as well. We're on a few other things, too. <laughs> Um, we got the Facebook page. 
I'm up on Twitter at ddruka617. Give me a follow. Juice over there is at juicebox1423. So check us out there. Um, let us know if there's anything you want us to talk about on the show, any subjects you think are important, or if you just want to uh, get at us a little bit, you know where to find us, all right? All right, is that good? That that satisfy you? Yeah. Okay, all right, cool. Now that we got that done with, um, anybody that knows me or the truth box over there, you guys already know that the two of us are extremely obsessive when we get into something new that we like. Uh, take this podcast as an example. Other examples of that could be when we like to form and break truce packs with each other. How, how about going to reggae shows or uh, following every claim of a good get with a great get? <laughs> but one of the biggest obsessions on that list would have to be our love for the musical Hamilton, which in turn has led to a love for pretty much all of Lin-Manuel Miranda's music. You see, both Hamilton and In the Heights are stories of immigrant characters that have forged their own paths to achieve the American dream. But yet, in the eyes of the critics and fans throughout the world, both works are viewed as examples of unfair and unequal opportunity for non-whites in America. That feeling extends to the original cast of Hamilton themselves, who did not throw away their shot to single out Vice President Pence by addressing him during a performance to express their concern about the Trump-Pence administration. You know, the irony to me is that Miranda, his cast, and the stories that he tells are actually love letters to America. And it should blow us all away when we realize the impact and opportunity that's available in this country for people from all walks of life. Interestingly enough, Miranda actually found himself taking a lot of heat from the social from the social justice mob not too long ago because of his casting choices for the movie version of his play In the Heights. So before he even had a chance to breathe, Lin-Manuel Miranda chose to respond as an obedient servant and issue an apology in the hope that it would be enough for him to stay alive and take a break from the ruthless burn of public backlash. You see, I'm sure he enjoys being able to open bottles of damn champagne while he gets to hobnob with the elites in the room where it happens. He must have 96,000 reasons why he would like to remain in the club. I just wish he thought about the one reason worthy enough to not care about what the mob said. Freedom. It's freedom that Miranda's Hamilton proudly claims is something that can never be taken away. Unfortunately, he caved to the mob and gave away his freedom rather easily. You see, he's been praised nonstop for so long that he never expected them to aim their guns and ships in his direction. For the first time in his career, he found himself in the eye of a hurricane. I'm sure he felt helpless as he wondered what comes next, but all he needed to do was say no to this. If he could have found the courage to just wait for it, he would have realized that it won't take long now for the mob to move on. Because sooner or later, it would go back to being quiet uptown, and his dignity and his freedom would have remained intact. But instead, he chose to grovel. Rather than defending the casting of what was surely considered to be the most talented actors for the roles, Lin-Manuel apologized and promised to do better in the future. So now history has its eyes on you, Lin. You've given away your freedom as an artist and creator to tell your stories however you see fit. Now that you invited them into your decision-making process, they will continue to take. They'll take and they'll take, and they'll take. Let this be a wake-up call. Remember, 
the diversity, equity, and inclusion crowd will never be satisfied. And if you really want to raise a glass to freedom, it's time that more of us acknowledge that it is absolutely something that can be taken away. And we better be willing to defend it while we're here on earth in order for it to be given to us when we meet our Lord and Savior above. Because when the sun goes down and comes back up again for one last time, you'll find yourself seated with your right-hand man up there. And it's at that point that you'll look and say, I know him. And nothing will matter. It won't matter who lives, who dies, but he tells your story. When that day comes, you'll sure hope that he views your story as a story of honor and of courage. And never forget that this is the freest country in the history of humanity. And Lin-Manuel Miranda is living proof of the American dream. Let's appreciate that fact and raise a glass to freedom. <laughs> All right, guys. So for for this story here, we're going to be talking about uh, the bill in California titled AB 2098. I caught wind of this story because my man Truth over there has really been crushing it with his Twitter game these days. I think the kid's trying to get himself one of those fancy blue checkbox or something. He's been like, brah, brah, you see what I comment? You see that comment I made, brah? I commented on it. You saw what I commented? (laughs) So the story here, though, is about a bill that's being passed in the crazy state of California that will force doctors to go along with the government-approved messaging when discussing COVID with their patients or they'll run the risk of having their medical license removed. Yeah, removed. They'll be stripped of their credentials for not going along with whatever the CDC would tell them, or Fauci, or or Walensky, or Biden, any of them. Like, they have to go along with whatever is being pushed by the government once this thing completely passes. Guys, this is absolutely crazy. This is the type of thing that is right up the alley of that Mary Poppins wannabe disinformation Zanina Jenkowitz. Because that's what this is all falling under. How many times in this bill it says disinformation or misinformation is (laughs) jaw-dropping. But Jenkowitz over there, before we know it, she's going to be recreating uh, the Spoonful of Sugar song instead to celebrate this bill. A syringe full of Pfizer keeps the government away, government away, government away. Oh, man. My vocal cords to your eardrums. Uh, I apologize for that, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Well, at least over there on the West Coast, they're willing to uh, answer to the peasants that they rule over. Luckily for those people that wanted to object to this craziness, they had a chance to voice their displeasure through the good old-fashioned public comments thing. But unfortunately for them, that meeting was being held by the modern-day version of the soup Nazi. Listen to this guy, Assemblyman Mark Berman, lose it because the voters weren't following his rules. Hey, check it out. I need everybody to follow the rules. Give your name, an organization you're with, and your position on the bill. No soup for you. Come back one year. (laughs) Oh, man. It's like Costanza worrying about the bread that they forgot. Let it go, man. Just go. 
<laughs> what a man of the people this guy Berman is, though, huh? We would have been better off grabbing Chris Berman from the ESPN studios to run the herring instead. Whoop! Whoop! <laughs> but what should we expect from a mark that spells his name with a C instead of the much more respectable K? Yeah, I mean, that's the first thing I thought when I, when I heard from this guy and saw it. No surprise at all. <laughs> you know what one of the craziest things about all this is? The same leftists that are demanding that the government needs to stay out of the doctor's office when it comes to abortion are the same ones that are now happy to bring the government into those same doctor's offices when it suits their cause. So don't let the left pull that it's a decision between a woman and her doctor nonsense anymore. Or, as our friend Whoopi Goldberg would say, a woman, her doctor, and her child. Don't let them do that. I'm not even trying to say, like, that the government should or shouldn't be involved in either case. The point I'm making, it's just that it's for us, the people, to decide. But the left wants it to be up to the bureaucrats to decide, not the people. And in these particular scenarios, the left has it completely backwards. Yes, I want the government involved when it comes to regulating the ending of helpless, innocent babies' lives. And I don't want them interjecting, trying to force us to take a vaccine to not even stop the spread or prevent us from getting the disease that is killing people in their 70s or extremely overweight or immunocompromised or whatever it may be. That is a little bit of government overreach for me. But when it comes to protecting innocent lives, they can't overreach enough to come in and make sure there's some regulations involved here. So completely, completely backwards once again from the left. No surprise. And no surprise at all that this nonsense is coming from the old golden state out there, out west. I don't know, man. Those people are crazy out there. <laughs> hey, check it out. So in this segment, we are going to get into the baby formula shortage sweeping the country these days and this $40 billion worth of aid that the Senate wants to give to the uh, country of Ukraine. Um, as I just mentioned, the Senate is trying to pass a $40 billion, that's billion with a B, dollar aid package for the country of Ukraine. Dr. Evil would be pretty pleased with that, huh? $40 billion. <laughs> and at the same time, the Biden administration has been catching flack for the supply status of baby formula that's on hand for illegal border crossing immigrants at a detention center on the southern border, while legal American citizens here continue to deal with empty shelves. All right, let's start by focusing on the baby formula shortage first. How many times do we have to hear these knuckleheads on the left blame the pandemic for supply shortages? It's not COVID's fault that Democrats forced businesses to shut down. It's not COVID's fault that Democrats created policy that puts us in the position that we're currently in. Maybe it's the inefficiency of government agencies that are causing these problems, huh, Truth? Huh? What do you think? Yeah! <laughs> that, that's where I, I'd put my money on that. Did you know? that one of the largest facilities of formula production was shut down over concern of possible contamination. I believe it was an Abbott facility. 
the facility was shut down because of a whistleblower uh, bringing something to the attention of the FDA way back in November. Luckily for the American people, we got the Biden administration there to take swift action to solve this problem. Why don't you take a listen uh, to the timeline that is presented to Jen Psaki when she's taking questions from the press. I mean, I get she's still there. I, I don't know why she won't just leave. It's like the end of Ferris Bueller when he comes back onto the onto the screen at the very end after, after the credits. What are you still doing here? Go. Go home. The movie's over. Leave. She's going over to uh, WMSNBC to do her own show. So just go already. We're done with you, okay? I guess while she's still here, why don't you take a listen to here? Hear how she responded to this question. The whistleblower who used to work at that Sturgis plant warned the FDA top officials uh, about safety concerns in October, but they didn't interview that whistleblower until December. The inspection wasn't until January 31st. The recall happened February 17th. So is that timeline acceptable to the White House? And if not, what is the White House doing to correct that at the FDA? I'm sure there will be plenty of time to take a look at if there are any issues that could have been improved here. I don't have any specific analysis of that at this moment in time. My God, I'm sure they'll look to have a conversation about this one afterwards. That's it. That's their big plan, right? Always just just keep kicking the can down the street. Is that the analogy? Is that anything can down the corner, down the curb, off the curb, down the street, in the muck, out of the muck? I don't know. (laughs) Whatever it is, they're going to keep doing that until we hopefully forget about it and move on to something else. Meanwhile, they never did anything to solve any of the nonsense uh, that's going on within these horribly run agencies that are controlled by the federal government. One of these dirty little secrets that continues to go unchallenged about government agencies is that they're all staffed by a bunch of people just trying to look busy and keep from catching any flack. It's like the old days when I when I was uh, bartending Matty B told me one of the best moves, best tricks he, he ever came up with was always have a little little wipe rag in your hand and just continue to walk around wiping down the, the top of your bar or walk wiping down bottles that are on display. And uh, if your manager comes walking by, they see you doing that stuff. They're like, oh, wow, he's really busting his ass today. Oh, he's doing good. Instead of just standing there when you have nothing to do. Well, that's what that's what these people within these agencies are doing, just trying to do busy work, make it seem like they're actually doing something, but none of them actually pull the trigger or make any decisions. And that's because these places are filled with 36,000 troops of mid-level managers that they're, they're just happy to collect their paycheck and their pension. You see what I did there, Juice? You like that? <laughs> yeah, a little callback to the bit from the beginning of the show. Uh, but yeah, none of these people want to make the decisions. They just want to keep waiting around and emailing each other about it and I got to bring it to this person to that person to the other person and it just goes on and on and on like Lionel Richie all night long but um you like how Democrats continue to use COVID as their Trojan horse when it comes to stuff like this though it's it's their ultimate like distraction from bad policy whenever they get called on it they panic like the Wizard of Oz pay no attention to that man behind the curtain nothing to see here folks But when we do catch that glimpse, when we do peek behind the curtain a little bit, what do we see there? (laughs) We we see Biden back there pulling one of these. (laughs) 
Malaki. Come on. Come on, Pop. (laughs) Oh, man. So over the weekend, though, a uh, photo was making the rounds. It was uh, a picture of a full pallet of formula that was at a detention center on the southern border. And uh, the side-by-side was was a bunch of empty shelves here at a store where formula should have been. So obviously the point of the picture was trying to show that non-Americans that have entered this country illegally have plenty of formula, while American families here continue to struggle to find it. Since this started making making the rounds and became a talking point from uh, some of the conservatives and, and other members of the right, the propaganda wing of the uh, media came running to the defense of this horrible Biden administration. I've seen article after article that's talking about how it's required by law for the U.S. government to provide basic human necessities uh, to, to the illegal immigrants at these detention centers. Clothing, shelter, you know, food, health care, all, all, all that type of stuff. They, they got to provide... They got to provide basic human necessities for them. And you know what? I'm sure that's true. I'm not trying to dispute that. But what are we trying to say here? That there's no law requiring government to provide basic human necessities for their own citizens to survive? <laughs> maybe, maybe there's not. There probably, I guess there probably isn't. I don't know. But did, I didn't think we needed that one spelled out for us. Under this rationale, I wonder if the government's providing uh, abortions at these detention centers too. I'm told over and over that Oh, by the left, that abortion is a basic human right. So shouldn't shouldn't that be right there provided on demand? It, it, it never ends with these people. So I also want to jump back in quickly on that forty billion dollar aid package that I mentioned at the start of this uh, this segment. So the Senate uh, is desperately trying to give this forty billion to the to Ukraine, and no surprise, we have uh, both sides, all sides of the aisle, on board for this one. Why not? Why not spend tax dollars, throw it around, become the heroes of this story? Thankfully, Rand Paul held it up for now because he wants he wants there to be someone that actually oversees and and make sure and document where the money is actually spent and what it is spent on. And of course, that is what held it up because these these politicians don't want to want anything to be held accountable. They just want to drop forty billion dollars and walk away, no questions asked. Isn't it crazy though that like the the want and desire to just give forty billion dollars to Ukraine while we're sitting here dealing with the supply chain shortages and in this massive baby formula shortage? Wonder what forty billion dollars would do for the production and distribution of baby formula. Think that money could be used here to to help our own citizens? I think it might. Think it could be pretty useful. We're dealing here in America. We're dealing with food shortages, high gas prices. Our inner cities are continuing to turn into dystopian wastelands. Our politicians are nothing more than Instagram influencers disguised as leaders. And we think we can save the people of Ukraine or that we can provide a better life to immigrants that are migrating from the South. How do we expect to deal with this? What's the message from the American government to American citizens concerned for their own babies, for Ukrainian citizens that might be worrying about 
their babies or for migrants coming from the South that I'm sure are concerned for the well-being of their own babies. What's this administration have to say to them? We would certainly uh, encourage any parent who has concerns about their child's health or well-being to call their doctor or pediatrician. What? Okay! All right. So in this segment, I want to uh, go back to discussing what's going on with the uh, abortion issue here with the upcoming ending of the of the Roe versus Wade constitution made up constitutional right to an abortion um so obviously this has been a huge story we've touched a lot on it in the last couple of episodes but it it just continues to to be such a big issue that um we have to we have to talk about it it's one of the biggest things that's uh going on in this country right now and it's something that the left does not want to stop talking about so if the left is going to continue to talk about it then we're going to have to continue to respond and react to it right juice yep yep yes we are and it's funny like i don't know if you guys heard like like the mainstream media paints this terrible picture of it like you watch cnn um you're gonna hear these these sob stories and um no detail no um peeling back the onion to to see what's really going on here so Stuff made the news again this week because the Senate failed to pass um, a bill that they were trying to push through to not only keep Roe versus Wade in place, but expand on it. So they, they were trying to get a bill passed that would allow abortion up to the moment of birth, literally right until the baby would be born. You'd be able to abort and all sorts of things like, like that takes it. 15 steps further than it's ever been before but they want to try to paint it like it's only trying to enshrine roe versus wade into federal law that is not what they were voting on and they want to act like it got held up because of the filibuster which as we know they claim is now racist um when in fact they didn't even have enough votes from their own party for it to pass you don't have the votes (laughs) it lost 49 to 51 i think or or whatever they they didn't even get a majority in the senate to to vote in favor of this if they didn't insist on being so radical and so extreme with their position on abortion then they might have been able to find common ground with some people if they didn't insist on abortion on demand at any time throughout the pregnancy with no questions asked with no restrictions whatsoever they might have been able to find common ground, but they're not interested in common ground. They don't want that. They want to sit there and be able to grandstand like Congresswoman Ayanna Presley does over here when she's not advocating for alopecia rights. She wants to sit here and uh, and, and we got this clip that, that you're going to hear from her. So this was uh, I, I found this one up on Twitter and she posted it herself because nobody loves Ayanna Presley quite like Ayanna Presley loves Ayanna Presley. I don't know how many times she must have viewed this clip herself or how many times she stood in front of a mirror practicing this one with a big old smile, proud as pie, looking at herself, trying to deliver this thing. And this is what she wrote on her tweet, too. Equal justice under law has been a rallying cry, but not a reality for people like me. 
the Senate must abolish the filibuster and pass the Women's Health Protection Act. Nobody is free until everybody is free. Ugh. Everybody except those babies that are, are, are free, I guess, just, just free to be destroyed, free to be killed, free to be terminated, free to be crushed, free to be poisoned, free to be aborted. I mean, a- any word you want to use for it, it, it's the same thing. You're ending those babies' lives who are not free. So why don't we take a listen to her? I rise today in solidarity with the one in four women across this country who have had an abortion and every person who will ever seek abortion care. Your neighbor, co-worker, family member, those whom you work with, and yes, those whom you worship with too. The mother of three working double shifts to make ends meet who just cannot manage the physical demands of another pregnancy. The student who made the decision to finish their degree and begin their family on their own terms. Nope, not on their own terms. They, their own terms were decided when they put themselves in a position to become pregnant. If they wanted to finish their degree and establish their life on their own terms, then they would have completely avoided the act of sexual intercourse, which they know could possibly lead to a pregnancy. And if they're not ready and not willing to accept the responsibility, then they shouldn't commit the act. And again, very easy to say, we've all, like, pretty safe to say most of us at this point in, in, in the world have had premarital relations. So it happens. But it's also just a reality of what could come of making that decision. All right, go ahead. C- continue. No shame, no stigma, no regrets. The young parents who receive the heart-wrenching news that they have miscarried and will need abortion care immediately. I rise today to proclaim, I see you, I love you, and I stand with you. Carry no shame for your health care choice. Um, it, is, it is something that is shameful. I'm sorry. Sorry to be blunt about it, but you're, you're making a decision that is self-centered, selfish, inhumane, evil, and cruel under the disguise as powerful, heroic, smart, empowering, courageous. So it, it is, I'm sorry, like it, it is something that if you do make that decision, it should come with some form of shame. Shame's not a bad thing. We all have to deal with it at times. Plenty of things I'm ashamed of. Half the stuff I say on this podcast, I should be ashamed of. <laughs> The only shame is that there are forces at work to deny you it. And while my heart is heavy, my spirit is resolved and determined. Madam Speaker, there are many who have arrived at this moment with newfound outrage at the prospect of this reversal of law. But many of us have been in the trenches of this fight for a long time, and we are not surprised. Reproductive justice organizers, black, brown, indigenous, disabled, LGBTQ plus folks have been sounding the alarm. I noticed that she doesn't say any white folks, uh, only black, brown, LGBTQ, indigenous. Well, uh, well, I guess maybe that Liz Warren covers that, the, the white indigenous woman that she is, Chief Warren. But no surprise. Coming from coming from Presley, that zero thought or regard for anybody that is white 
whenever she's grandstanding like this. Raising their voices, putting our bodies on the line in protest as anti-choice lawmakers across the country wage a full-fledged assault on our reproductive rights and freedom for too long. The right to control our own bodies, the right to determine our own fate, the right to decide if and when we have a child has been up for debate in the halls of power. You've already decided when to do that. You've already reproduced. You've already made that choice to put yourself, like I said, in a position to have a baby inside of you. (laughs) You're not choosing to reproduce it after it's already produced within you. Madam Speaker, we have been called hysterical. We have been called fear mongers. And when I talk about who will disproportionately bear the brunt of this, You are hysterical. You are a fear monger. You are being deceitful. We have been called race baiters. This is no drill. Oh, 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 yes. You you absolutely are a race baiter. (laughs) Without question. I have stood on the steps of City Hall in Boston. I have organized on the Boston Common. I've stood um, at the State House in Boston. And I've stood on the steps of the Supreme Court chanting, nobody's free until everybody's free. Liberate abortion. Madam Speaker, colleagues, nobody is free until everybody is free. Oh, you know she was proud of herself with that one. Nobody is free until everybody is free. She had to make sure she said that one again. Rally and cry from the steps of City Hall to the State House to the Supreme Court to right here in front of you on this speaker. Nobody is free, especially that baby inside that's being killed until everybody else is free to kill their own babies. SCOTUS has offered empty words in their leaked draft ruling and then threw up barricades and fences, knowing full well that the majority of people who call this nation home vehemently disagree. Nope, nope, they don't. That's a lie. Fear mongering. SCOTUS claims that our human rights are invalidated by their opinions of what is and isn't rooted in our nation's, quote, history and traditions. A quick history lesson. Quick history lesson. Here's where she's going to bring it back to the uh, racial stuff. Yep. She's going to tell us all about that to, to give her some more, I guess, legitimately when it comes to a separate issue like abortion here. So, I I don't know. Our nation's history and traditions denied my very personhood. Nobody denied your personhood. You have a personhood. You're here. You're a United States congresswoman. Our nation's history and traditions bought and sold my ancestors. Our nation's history and traditions exploited the bodies of people who look like me. Our full humanity, our bodily autonomy, and our collective liberation hang in the balance. Madam Speaker, the court fails to live up to its ideals and its purpose. The idea of equal justice under the law has been a a rallying cry, but not a reality for many. Yep, not a reality for those children within the womb that are being killed. Definitely not a reality for them. The anti-abortion movement in America is rooted in organized white supremacy. Nope, nope, it's not. It's it's centered around um, choosing life over death. Nothing I could. Nothing to do with black, white, brown, indigenous, anything else you want to say. LGBTQ plus YZW apostrophe. It's life and death. That's as simple as it could be, Ayana. Overturning Roe v. Wade would only perpetuate cycles of poverty and trap our most vulnerable in systems of oppression. None of this is abstract. There is a history of medical apartheid in this country against black, brown, immigrant, indigenous and disabled folks. Ooh, ooh, ooh. she left out LGBTQ in that one. I wonder if she's going to catch flack for that. 
And right now we find ourselves living in a black maternal morbidity crisis where black women are three times more likely to die from pregnancy-related complications than white women, to die. And we have suffered a history of forced sterilization and experimentation on black, brown, disabled bodies without our consent. And now... Oh, see, that time she only 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 said black and brown. So she left out Chief Warren and her, her tribe this time, too. LGBTQ, you were left a couple sentences ago. The systemic prospect of folks being forced to carry a pregnancy against their will. Forced birth. In the same country where we deprive families with universal health care, child care, and paid medical and family leave. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, Congresswoman. You want to try to say that <laughs> that because we don't provide universal health care or whatever the other nonsense you just rattled off there, because that's not provided to people, that it's okay to kill their kids then? Give us... Uh, We'll have the babies if you agree to pay for them, completely take care of them, accept all responsibility for parenting those kids. Then we'll be okay with delivering and having them. Other than that, abortion on demand, baby. Abortion bans would put legal, safe, necessary abortion care out of reach for millions, especially our most vulnerable. So Congress must act. This Democratic-controlled House, Senate, and White House, the majority, must mean more than a talking point, and we must legislate as if lives depend on it because they do. To my Senate colleagues on the other side of this Capitol, I ask of you, no, I demand that you act. Oh, 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 you like that part of the speech? You know she wrote that one out. I ask of you, comma, parentheses, pause. No, I demand and she practiced that a bunch of times. I ask of you. No, I demand. I ask of you. No, I demand. Oh, oh, how should we do? Okay, okay. Here's what we're going to go with. We have the voice. We have the power. We have a mandate. It is time for action. Anything else is insufficient. Abolish the Jim Crow filibuster. Pass the Women's Health Protection Act, which I'm a proud original co-sponsor of. Enshrine the fundamental human right to abortion care and federal law once and for all. I cannot stomach one more lecture about the preservation of civil liberties when you seek to deny me the very freedom and agency over my own body. Nobody is free until everybody is free. Thank you, and I yield. Oh, she loved bringing it back to that. Nobody is free until everybody is free. <laughs> of course, she said the right to autonomy over my own body when talking about somebody else's body that she's advocating to murder. So I can't take one. I can't stomach one more minute of this lady grandstanding. So. I'm just going to wrap things up with that, and, uh, and we'll move on to America's favorite segment coming up for you with the uh, Come On Man segment of the day. It is that time of the show that everybody enjoys the most. You guys have all been waiting patiently for it. It is our Come On Man segment of the day. And we're going to kind of go back uh, in time a little bit with this one. It's from, you know, maybe six months ago now, but uh, my man Juice brought it back up on Twitter and uh, we couldn't help but laugh about it this week from, it's, it's a video from a Microsoft event that they were hosting 
uh, for like a huge community online and the, <laughs> the virtue signaling woke nonsense it is incredible. It's absolutely hilarious. Uh, I think what I say in the beginning there, that these people are trying to earn themselves the gold medal in the woke Olympic word jogging type of stuff. So without further ado, why don't we uh, go to the video and hear from these, uh, from these Microsoft people. Hello and welcome to Microsoft Ignite. We've got a big day ahead and lots in store for you. First, we want to acknowledge that the land where the Microsoft campus is situated was traditionally occupied by the Sammamish, the Duwamish, the Snoqualmie, the Suquamish, the Muckleshoot, the Snohomish, the Tulalip, and other Coast Salish peoples since time immemorial. My name is Allison Wines. I'm a senior program manager in our developer tools division. I'm an Asian and white female with dark brown hair wearing a red sleeveless top. And I'm Seth Juarez, program manager in the AI platform group. I'm a tall Hispanic male wearing a blue shirt, khaki pants. Today we kick off two days of learning more about the latest solutions, exploring how these key innovations can empower you to do great things and connecting with peers from around the world. Hello everyone, I'm Natalia Godilla. I'm a Caucasian woman with long blonde hair and I go by she, her. I'm a product marketing lead here at Microsoft and co-host of the podcast Security Unlocked with this guy. Yes, that would be me. Hello everyone, I'm Nick Fillingham. I'm a Caucasian man with glasses and a beard. I go by he, him, and I'm a security evangelist here at Microsoft. <laughs> yes, that that is real life. Ah, Oh my God, I love it. That guy... How about the, the guy with the blue shirt and khaki pants? He was so proud of himself that he had that on for an outfit today. You know, he was like pumped when he got to work and he realized that it was uh, video shoot day. He was like, yes, today's the day that I wore those blue, that's this blue polo or in these khaki, khaki pants that I have on. Oh, thank goodness it wasn't my uh, X-Men t-shirt and uh, sweatpants that I typically would be wearing. <laughs> What a tool that guy is. He loved it, though. So happy about it. Uh, khakis? She sounds hideous. <laughs> and how about the other one there? Uh, you, I mean, you guys got to see this video. Hopefully we can post it somewhere again. Like I said, the, the uh, juice box there had it up on his Twitter. Juice box 1423. But uh, how about that other guy? <laughs> Nick Fillahim towards the end there. Notice that he conveniently left out the fact that he has a god-awful mohawk. He mentions that he's got glasses, a beard, he identifies as he, or whatever he said, but he leaves out that mohawk. And I wonder if he left it out because it is culturally insensitive to those Native American tribes that were mentioned at the beginning of this video. Or maybe it's just because that's a ridiculous haircut for a 40-something-year-old man to try and wear if he uh, wants people to take him seriously. A mohawk, you know, is what 12-year-old boys get for summer vacation. <laughs> okay, Nick, the fact that, the, that people like this are in charge at major companies is extremely troubling. These people are the products of a severely, severely broken education system in America. And this is just not sustainable for the long-term success of our country here. It's not. I don't know. This is a fun segment, typically. We like to poke poke a little fun and, uh, and, and you know, make fun of these ri the ridiculous people on the left. But 
I don't think it's any laughing matter here these days to, you know, keep picking on people like this. So I figured if if I can't pick on them, why not just join them? And maybe I could start delivering my message here on the Right and Wrong podcast, you know, in the same way that they would deliver a message coming from them. So here, here we go. I, I, I'll try and see if I can do it like they can. <clears throat> Hello and welcome to the Come On Man segment of the day. First, I'd like to acknowledge that I'm recording on land that traditionally belonged to the Wampatog, the Narragansett, and the Warrens. My name is Brian Rooker. I'm an immature podcaster trying to make a living doing this here thing that I'm doing. <laughs> I'm a peach mammal who is native to America, born and raised in America, who identifies as an American. I'm wearing a backwards black cap to hide my bald head. I have a mediocre-looking beard, and I carry around a dad bod with me. My pronouns are nope, no way, not happening. Over there is producer Juice. He identifies as truth. He's wearing a black shirt with black shorts with a black hat and black sneakers. He's the original inventor of the Atkins diet and a founding member of the Donnie's fan club. He's got some badass tattoos and he is locked and loaded to protect his family from any intruders dumb enough to target his house. I'm providing this kind of programming to help enable you to feel confident rejecting the nonsense that is forced on our culture from the left. Hopefully, you'll subscribe to our show and help us grow a realistic community of normal, non-bath-salt-sniffing people that just want to return our country to the common-sense principles that once made us great. Stay tuned to the show, okay? <laughs> I don't know. How did I do there, Juice? Do you think I, I pulled it off? Can I fit in with these Microsoft nerds? I don't know. Well, if I can't, if they're going to reject me, then I might as well beat them to the punch. So, Microsoft nerds doing your woke jogging virtue signaling nonsense. I got nothing else to say to you guys except... Come on, man! And that'll do it for today. Thank you, everybody, for joining. Remember, follow us, give us a like, make a comment on YouTube, Rumble, or Locals, and then you'll be able to get a shout-out next week. And uh, other than that, my friends... I have nothing else to say to you except thanks for having me. The Right and Wrong Show is produced by Juice. Executive producer, Juice. Audio mixer is Juice. Hair by Skull Shavers. Wardrobe and makeup by Ashley Ruka. Right and Wrong Song created by Juice. The Right and Wrong Show is copyright 2022 from Brian Ruka. Let's get this mother crawl!